You know what? I gotta. I'm gonna try to take All a right, bite out of a pickled nickel Ooh. for you guys if you're if you're ready for that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey everybody, this is a podcast with a couple of friends and James. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I don't know how up to date y'all fellows are, but I had just done watch the new Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. which is Star Mort Rick Turner. Oh, the Disney. The season four finale. Are you to check and make sure yeah, everyone here really- has watched it? Have yeah, we've all watched oh, it? Man. No, we've James. all watched it. That's this is given. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. So, so um. How did you guys feel about them using this as the wrap-up? Did you think they were even going to give us the wrap-up after the never ricking Morty and then being like, is this uh, canon? And he's like, it could have been. And there's, you know, Tammy comes back and Bird Person or Phoenix Person or whatever you want to call him. Was that a was that a fulfilling wrap-up for you guys? So definitely was fan service. And I think there's no, there's no dispute there from anybody, right? Definitely a fan service episode. Mm-hmm. I think the big dispute is I loved it, but I knew what I was eating was like, it was like junk food. I'm like, this isn't good for me. And this isn't like, it, I needed this because I wanted to finish it up. But I don't think it was like their peak episode, but I liked it. I, I, liked I it did not. I wasn't a huge, huge fan. I gave, it was just like, if somebody was like, how do you think that's going to play out? That's probably what I would have said. Yeah, not a, no disagreement there. It was a yeah. turn your mind off, your mind be, just kind of cruise episode for sure. There was a couple high points to this thing here, guys. I liked Beth's foil for Rick's earlier years. Like instead of going back and and living through Rick's thirties, mm-hmm. I suppose is what they kind of hint at in the in the episode. And instead, you're kind of seeing it through how he sees it now with with you know super beth doing it um and kind of being like the hero and how it never really works out i thought that was pretty interesting and then i think honestly the joke that landed the hardest um for me or like the the topic best breached had nothing to do with any of these arcs or stories um i like this nameless little doctor robot who's the one that tells super beth or bladesmith whatever you want to call her that she has the explosive in her neck mm-hmm. and he does the whole addictive non-addictive oh, bit oh, yeah. as like a slam on our healthcare yeah. workers when uh, right now healthcare every it's like everyone in healthcare is a hero that's like the big thing right now so i think it's kind of a nice it's kind of refreshing to to see like oh they can still take a <laughs> need not that healthcare pick or two is what you're saying <laughs> uh, i'm not saying it but when i saw it i was not saying i didn't like it I uh, that was a funny part to it too, and I guess we should give a small synopsis in case anyone hasn't seen it and has made this far and it's all spoiled. Um, but Rick and Morty, the big overarching thing is that Beth, because I think you kind of summarize too. Beth at one point, how did that come to be? Where she's like, I want to. She wants to leave and like explore herself and like get her potential. Is that? So you have season three, episode nine, the ABCs of oh, Beth, yeah. where they go to Fruity Land, and she kind of has that taste of being Rick in another mm-hmm. world, where she kind of murders this dude that's fucking puppet creatures in this make-believe land that Rick invented it for her as a child. Um, and then she comes out of that, and she's like, "I don't know if I want to keep doing this, or if I." And then at that point, she they, he like 
the, the, the episode ends on a cliffhanger of whether she's deciding to get cloned and have a clone with live with the family and ex- do the family life while she goes and explores. Yeah, Rick offers the perfect like uh, option. Like, hey, if you if you want to do this, you pretty much get a guilt free way to do it. Like, there's gonna be another Beth here, a clone, and they're gonna exactly. have no idea about it. Like, so it's like she's not making a hard choice in that sense. I mean, she is, but she isn't. Like, she has an absolute two choice route. Yeah, and, and I mean, and they lay it out, and this is a full season ago. This, like I said, it's episode nine, so they don't ever even mention it, except for maybe like you can kind of pull information out about the current Beth, who's like always kind of paranoid that she's a clone. In a couple of mm-hmm. episodes, is like your only like hint that that is even still like a continuing mm-hmm. arc. And then yeah, then you know, obviously the cold open for for the season finale and uh, season four is just. You know, them talking about how forgettable Beth Smith is as a hero name, and and all of a sudden she's a badass with shaved hair, and I think she has eyebrow piercing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's all tatted and pierced up. I mean, she's definitely. Yeah, I, what, I don't know. I, I, or whatever. Feels like a like a Meg episode. I like. Let's go into the background of somebody who I'm not that interested in as, as a character. And it's like, okay, no, she's doing a badass thing, but it, I don't know. It didn't feel compelling to me. Because and I like those. There's a, a light structure. Like here, you can get these little things, and they're like creative narratives. I think they're like the reasoning for that was that we had all these little ideas that we mm-hmm. couldn't fully flush out, but we liked the ideas enough to create that world. So they they kind of just shot that in there, which is cool. I think that they're entertaining to release episodes, not um, not this like the big. Well, they'll never. They came on and said we're never gonna have a wait like we did this last season. Then that can be this year and a half giant wait lumber split in the middle, but. I think they're going to go with just doing one every month and just have it be constant, which I am. They're going to do one every month. They're going to do like the the splits that they've been doing. No, like one. Now the thing that would be one every month is how they're pushing. They're like, hey, this month comes in. Like we'll have a two month break at one point because there's usually ten episodes or so, and there's twelve months in the year. But there will be one every month. Gives them enough time to storyboard, draw, and that way we're always getting one. I think it's kind of cool too if they do like Christmas around Christmas time and all all that jazz that kind of plays together. Synergy and all that jazz. I like that, and it's such a different you know, kind of way to do it than we see from every other TV show. And and who better to premiere it than Rick and Morty? Because no matter what they do, however they put it out, it's going to get eaten up. And it gets eaten up all year, which is kind of neat. If you're selling merchandise, like, okay, it's relevant year-wide now. They put a new episode that has this theme. Hey, I want a Christmas-esque Rick and Morty. It's 4th of July, baby. You know, something like that. kind of a... I think it's smart in that sense, marketing. But... I, it's crazy that they have so much power where they can dictate when they release their season to that level. That makes sense. Like you're changing the script. It's very interesting. Yeah, because everybody does it the same way for so long that you're like, well, everybody must have to do that. And then they're like, um, yeah, we're kind of just gonna do whatever we want, and they're gonna have to play with us. All right. That's cool. I mean, why? At the very least, even if you didn't like it, at least you'd say we tried it, and you're in a little bit of history in that sense. Yeah, and you just go back to some other way. Mm-hmm. 